0: Welcome to the Thomas Industry Update Podcast, actionable information for industry leaders. I'm Tony Uphoff. Only one-third of change initiatives succeed, according to a recent report from Gartner. While it may seem like an industry buzzword, change management is actually a critical component of effective industrial business leadership, especially in context of Industry 4.0. In today's episode, I'm joined by Joseph Anderson, who is the president of the Institute for Process Excellence, also known as IPX. Building on his more than 20 years of experience within the automotive, aerospace, and defense industries, Joseph joined IPX in 2016. IPX helps clients deliver strategic business value and tangible transformation. After 35 years of studying and optimizing change management techniques, the Institute leads the pack in outlining industry best practices for digital transformation. In today's podcast, Joseph shares his perspectives on constructive change management and data utilization as a part of Industry 4.0 and walks us through exactly how to identify an effective transformation roadmap for your industrial business. Hey Joseph, as one change management geek to another, I have been so looking forward to our conversation. And tell us how you came to do this kind of work. What was your path to get into something like this, you know, in the course of your career?
1: You know, I think I'm just masochistic. <laughs> Hopefully our audience gets that and can relate. I'm
0: sure they can. I'm sure they can.
1: I, I have the scars. Uh, you know, I've spent it's been almost 25 years in the transformation field. I started as a, an apprentice in the mid-high school age bracket, which is a long time ago, very long time ago, in a uh, engineering change organization. And uh, I worked for uh, one of the major automotive OEMs, and I stayed there for uh, about 16 years and really uh, saw what it took to truly transform A large enterprise, uh, was sort of CM2 certified in the early 2000s, had a lot of career progression, traveled the world, leading teams that really focused on deployments of process and system transformation. I uh, joined Rolls-Royce in 2012 and did similar there. Uh, so my entire career has been about assessing the current operations of a company, identifying a plan for transformation, and then forming a team and a business engagement strategy to really see that through. So it's been my entire career. I'm quite passionate about it.
0: I'm going to throw an idea at you and, and curious if A, whether you'd agree, and B, then let's use this as a, as a framework for some related questions. We believe based on some of the data that we're looking at, some of this is the demand data on ThomasNet every two seconds, somebody's looking at a product or a supplier on ThomasNet, and also the tens of thousands of conversations we have with companies. We think that actually 2020 is going to be the year that Industry 4.0 moves from being a slogan or a buzzword to becoming reality, and it will start to accelerate the digital transformation of industry and manufacturing. So kind of two related questions. Feel free to disagree, and if so, why? If you agree, help me unpack that a little bit for our listeners and and how they need to start to think about this acceleration of digital transformation.
1: I would agree, but I'd like to um, hedge that with the word it should be. You know, we've seen a lot of companies do it incorrectly. They get sucked into the buzzword. They sink a lot of money into new IT tools that really don't get them anywhere. And the reality is, from from my perspective, is most companies uh, fail to address the true fundamental aspects of their business, their people, their processes, the systems, and uh, and data interoperability. They need to do this uh, holistically in a sustainable manner. For the most part, this is because either leadership doesn't understand what true sustainable transformation involves, uh, that it takes true end-to-end business optimization and all of these elements must be considered. And when you when you talk about Industry 4.0, you talk about digital transformation or the digital thread or the digital twin, you always hear people talk about people, processes, systems, and data. But the reality is most only invest in systems. They say they invest in data, but in my experience, typically they, they put bad data in their new systems. They rarely take the time to do a cleanse, a true data cleanse and rarely do they invest in workforce development platforms and it's even rarer for a company to invest in changing their legacy processes so your new systems these new tools these new cutting edge tools are built upon legacy mindsets and legacy processes so for me it should be you're absolutely right 2020 the opportunity for true transformation is there but they have to do it correctly you know and for us you know to stay ahead that means investing in in true business calibration. We hear a lot of words you know, the transformation word a lot, the digital transformation. And for us, for most companies, it's, it's about calibration. It's about assessing and transforming those legacy mindsets, those legacy processes, and those those poor manual and or legacy systems in order to deploy a modern business model. To do this it requires a true investment. It, it takes the time to understand and takes the knowledge to understand why and what you're investing in to en- enable those results. So you have repeatable product, uh, repeatable services, and this really maximizes the ROI. And it allows you to get innovation out the door with guaranteed quality. And I think that's one thing you know I would like to see from Industry 4.0 and from our leaders is a guarantee. Yes, we're going to get innovation out the door faster, but we're going to guarantee quality with it. And, and I think that's something that's been lost over the last decade, to be honest.
0: Yeah, really well said. It's interesting. One of our our guests on the podcast, Tom Kelly of Automation Alley, recently said, industry 4.0 is a cultural problem, not a technical one. And I, I'm hearing somewhat echoes of agreement, I think, in many cases of what you're identifying here. Absolutely. Let's talk about data. And it's interesting, as a company... Thomas, we're celebrating our 122nd year in business, and as you might imagine, it didn't start as a data and platform company that it is today. And we've gone through our own cultural change where, if we look back, we were oftentimes in the early days, using data to rationalize a decision we've made versus using data to make a decision. It sounds to me like you're seeing similar dynamics. Talk through a little bit about your engagements and, and how companies perhaps struggle to either identify what the data is and or how to act on it and operationalize it.
1: Wow. This, that's a loaded question there, my friend, but uh, yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's a heavy one. Uh, you know, for us, you know, there's, there's a difference. You know, you have some companies where digital transformation and data interoperability and, and data utilization, it, it truly means survival. You know, they're struggling uh, right now. We have a lot of customers where we go in and it's a triage. And then we have other clients that, to be honest, they are they're the best in the world. When you look at Fortune 500, you know, we service over 50% of the, of the top 10 companies on the Fortune 500 list. And for them, these transformation initiatives are just as important. And it's about calibration because they want to go from good to great, or they want to sustain, they want to continue being the best. And what that means from a data perspective, it's it, it's pretty impressive because you've got to understand, first of all, backsliding and regression are real. If all you do is turn on a new tool, you don't really look at that data Uh, that you're collecting and most organizations today uh, are collecting data there's a lot of tools there's a lot of systems a lot of opportunities to collect data And, and a lot of companies do a good job of collecting that data it's it's the utilization of it it's the cleansing of it where they fail most companies are not using the data they don't have functional metrics they don't have functional dashboards And they overpromise their internal customers, you know, their employees, their workforce. We look at them as internal customers. And we always kind of say it's like food poisoning. For the last five to 10 years, we've had this promise as a workforce that we're going to be able to use this data in a way that's going to make our jobs better. It's going to make our products better. But the reality is we're not doing anything with it. So it's like going to a restaurant. You've been promised a great meal, but you end up with food poisoning. You can only do that a few times with your workforce before they just stop believing you. And I think that's where the market is. And I think going back, you know, to tie it back into 2020, and it should be, we have all the tools available to really use data, allow it to be a kind of a springboard for innovation and quality. But we got to make some changes. And the only way to do that is cultural adoption. It's taking the time to look at what your data truly is and how we should use it. The intelligence we could put with that data the augmented reality we could use in a service field. So for us, the data, good or bad, is derived from the input of your people and processes. And it's as simple as that.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it, it's a very, very good point. One of the reasons that we think this is such a fascinating time is we think that by and large, now granted, this is not every company, certainly by any standard, you know, we're not quote unquote digitally transformed yet as an industry, but we believe we've hit a reasonable tipping point and then the enabling technologies have hit a, a reasonable tipping point that more and more companies are, are now starting to be able to use data into new business model transformation, which is kind of what you're hinting at in some cases. So as an example, um, one of my, uh, my colleagues and friends, Sean Amorati of the Carnegie Mellon University, uses the term the Disney Plus moment. Using the, the recent Disney Plus streaming platform as an example of here's a legacy company that really didn't understand digital transformation particularly well, spent a lot of money, didn't really do very well with that, but clearly got to a point of sophistication and understanding that now some of the traditional unfair advantages that Disney has can now be brought to bear through a process of really understanding digital transformation. It feels to me like we're on the precipice of a similar series of breakthroughs in the industrial and manufacturing markets.
1: You're exactly right. And for us, that's why we um, stand by our True North Calibration model. So from an industrial standpoint, it allows you to truly assess who you are as an organization, the processes you use, The gaps in your workforces It allows you to identify a true transformation roadmap. And then we roll up our sleeves and we work with you to really deploy those initiatives across your processes, across your workforce needs, across your systems and your data. And the one element that a lot of companies tend to get wrong is we have these initiatives called continuous improvement. And this is kind of a pet peeve of mine. And I think Disney got it right, and it's one thing to haven't they really hadn't called out, but it's about continual improvement. For us and for most society, the word continuous means you never stop. It's a complete cycle. You never take the time to pause, measure, and monitor. And that's what continual means. It means you deploy something, but instead of continuing that cycle around corrective action and not looking to see if you actually added value, continual means pause monitor and our true north model has that monitor step and that allows you to do these micro burst improvement projects or these initiatives, measure the value, add new elements to the next phase and go again. And I think continual improvement, having that mindset of continual improvement is right where kind of Disney is today.
0: I'm thinking in my mind as you're talking the famous Peter Drucker line of Culture eats strategy for breakfast, right? So you clearly in your engagements come up against either organizational blocking issues, i.e., companies aren't organized the right way, I'm sure in some cases, open resistance, fear, lack of skill, you know, not, not to tell tales out of school, but how do you, how do you help companies think through some of the cultural barriers that, that, you know, really accelerating a digital transformation into a business model transformation are going to entail?
1: you know that again another great question you know and, and the one element that we also need to add is just arrogance right you have these companies that are that are doing well they they make a lot of money but if if you don't really truly transform and really invest the reality is depending on the product you manufacture you're eventually going to hurt someone you're going to have a quality escape on your product that injures and or takes the life of somebody and from where i'm from there's no reason for that and you know sometimes that's that's the role i have to play right as a as a business executive i have to look these people in the eyes and say yes you're a great organization but if, if you go to recalls.gov you have a lot of products that are being recalled why is that you've invested a lot of money in systems and tools but you're still having all these issues and the root causes your processes and, and sometimes it's your people they need new training they need new platforms But they also need to be told, hey, what you're doing is wrong and you need to be held accountable for that. And you know, you have the other companies where you go in and and they think they could do it themselves and that's okay. But we also like to remind them, what are you really good at? Where do you want to spend your resources? So for us, there's a lot of variance depending on who we're working with. Again, we have some of the best high-tech companies in the world. They just want to get better. They understand why they need to change and why they need outside voices. That's that checks and balances. And for us, it, it just depends. And I wish it was easier. You know, the one thing I think that makes it easier is all of our resources could look at anyone in a client's meeting room or executive war room. And we could say, you know, we have the scars. We've been there. The reason why we are who we are is because all of our resources truly are passionate about cultural change. And for us, that's that's priority one.
0: Well, we're going to end it on... Two questions we ask every podcast guest. And again, uh, Joseph, thank you so much for joining us. So my first question is, what's one thing you wish more people understood about manufacturing?
1: You know, for me, it's kind of at my core for personal, professional reasons. But a business's data is so much more than a simple tool. It's an organization's DNA. And for us, that's their business processes and their enabling systems that represent the major organizational activities and functions throughout the business. It's it's truly your DNA. If you don't get that right, it's going to be a struggle.
0: You know, again, another very eloquent response to an understanding of the industry. Joseph, last question. If you could put one sentence on a billboard that expresses your personal philosophy, what would it say? Don't undersell change technology
1: enables process change, but desirable improvement actually is achieved with organizational change. Ultimately, your people must be inspired, they must be empowered, and they need to be engaged.
0: To learn more about Joseph Anderson, the Institute for Process Excellence, and how to prepare your industrial business for an effective digital transformation, check out the resources provided in the show notes of today's podcast. The Thomas Industry Update podcast is hosted by Tony Uphoff and produced by Makila Tierney and Lindsay Gilder. If you'd like to share your feedback about this or any other episode, please email us at podcast at thomasnet.com. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please take a moment to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts or recommend us to a colleague. Your feedback helps us to continue to advocate for industry across the airwaves. The Thomas Industry Update podcast is recorded at 5 Penn Plaza in the heart of New York City, where Thomas has been headquartered for 122 years.
1: Want to get more insights on supply chain, IOT, industrial business, and more? Sign up for our Thomas Industry Update daily newsletter. With more than 300,000 subscribers, your inbox will be in good company. Subscribe now for free at thomasnet.com updates.